It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, Jamar got it to Mooch, saved it to White, over to Caruso for the lead. Turn up the 18. Hello, and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply is Chicago Bullsing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network, so wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're lucky enough to be watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the bell, give it a thumbs up and leave some comments down below. I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? Well, apart from looking like I've gone a, a few rings, uh, or a few rounds in a ring with my wife, uh, these are cold <laughs> sores, by the way, not cuts. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Um bit tired, you know, always are after a night of having to endure some pretty awful Bulls basketball. But um, apart from that, all good. What about you? Uh, yeah, same. Tired. Work's gone to crap, which is uh, going to make me even more tired as we as the week goes on. But it's, it's what we do, isn't it? It's, it's how we yeah. run. A uh, bit of a different episode tonight. We've got some guests joining us, um, but yep. before they do, we're just going to quickly talk about the Cavs game from last night. Uh, obviously, ended in a 109-91 defeat. Uh, we're not going to go too much into it because <laughs> it was just crap. You know, it was. Yeah, I'd rather not relive it. To be yeah. You know, obviously, we kind of expected Cavs to be coming back from Paris, feeling Bell a little Jules. bit jet lagged, lethargic, but it was Bulls that played that way. Yeah. You know, the uh, 
went went down was it 18 got took the lead in the fourth and then lost by 18. ridiculous (laughs) when they worked so hard to fight back into it only to basically end up losing by pretty much the same margin again it was just awful awful to watch it wasn't enjoyable It's, it's the first game now in a while win lose is is irrelevant it's the first game in a while that i've watched and i actually really didn't enjoy watching yeah um you know i couldn't even pick out a standout individual performance really um we were trying as the fourth was going and then yeah so yeah obviously it was what the third game in four nights for bulls it was you know so it meant to be an easy stretch of games for us but you know we've got the west coast trip coming up next week with suns lakers and uh portland mm-hmm. so that'll be fun yeah it's always fun for us <laughs> you know a 3 30 a.m tip against lakers what's what's not to love yeah I was going to say, yeah, I was just (laughs) going to give you props for that. You know, that just goes to show your commitment that you've actually booked the day off because otherwise it would have bled into your work day. So you're like, (laughs) yeah, and I've booked the following Monday off as well for the Portland game because that's a 2 a.m. tip. And there's no way I could start work at five o'clock on a Monday from home. On the back of a 2 a.m. tip because, yeah, Yeah, yeah. it just wouldn't be fun. No, but yeah, so um. Don't know if you've got anything else on the Cavs game before we send it over. No, I really don't. Like I said, I don't want to trudge through that again. It was bad enough watching it once. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're going to be joined by the guys from the uh, Horns Over Hoops podcast um, from Chicago. Uh, So, yeah, I'll send it to them after our ad read. Now, our partners at USA Sports USA Sports is a UK-based sports merchandise retailer. They cover the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, as well as Formula One. So from hats to hoodies, there's something for everyone. From Chicago Bulls to Team Red Bull and everywhere in between. So check them out at usasports.co.uk and at checkout, enter the code CREDUK to take advantage of the discounts. So welcome back, and as I said before, we're joined by the guys from Horns Over Hoops podcast. Well, two of them, anyway. Uh, Sal and Dan. So welcome to C Red UK, Sal and Dan. How are we doing? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good. We're real good. A bit yeah, tired. Was... Um, last night we'd stayed up to to watch the Cavs game. Um, we've already spoken about that previous to this, so we won't we won't get into that mess. Um, but uh, apart from that, we're really glad to have you, um, Sal and Dan. And uh, what, tell us a little bit about yourselves, a little bit about anyone that maybe hasn't caught your podcast yet, where they can find you, and uh, and a little bit about your backgrounds. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we are two of the three hosts of the Horns Over Hoops podcast. Obviously, our other host, Scott, had prior arrangements and he couldn't make it on. Um we're just a three friends who grew up together. I mean, I've known Dan for probably around 20, 25 years already. And Dan and Scott have known each other for, I mean, they've lived out, lived across the street from each other their whole life. 
So, yeah, um, I think one of the main things that tied us all together, our friendship together was our love for basketball. And uh, seeing as though we're from Illinois, our love for the Bulls just grew through their ups and downs. So uh, one day we just decided, hey, let's make a podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? If you've got plenty to say, you might as well say it to everybody, right? Yeah. So are you uh, are you all 90s Bulls? Is that where the, the love started then? Um, For me, it started in the 90s, but like my family mainly went to box games because we couldn't afford to see Michael Jordan in Chicago. Um, and then obviously it died down once Michael retired and I got back into it once uh, they, oh my God, I almost said signed. They drafted Derrick Rose. Right, yeah. So I got back into it right when D Rose came in. Yeah. Pretty good timing. I've been watching it for pretty much my whole life. I started watching, I think I was like six years old. It was just something that me and my dad kind of connected on. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching them for the past 29 going on 30 years <laughs> and only have six championships to show for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're all close so, together, though. You got to celebrate it for a while before it fell off the cliff. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> six rings in eight years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah. just those I mean, eight years were a long time ago. <laughs> right. I mean, we've um, obviously spoke on our own pod before about how we're obviously 90s bulls as well. Obviously, it was a lot harder for us at that time over here as to how it is now. Um, with obviously, league pass, that's how we both basically get by with all the live tips and stuff. Um, obviously, being over there, did you actually get too many uh, sort of games at the UC? I mean... I try to go to at least one or two every year. Um, it, it gets hard because, like Dan said, uh, the ticket prices are always astronomically insane, despite the fact that the Bulls are, let's just face it, mediocre. I mean, I that's mean, Jerry's fault. That's Jerry's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Terribly trash, but still like $200 for upper lever or upper, upper level. Oh, my God. Can't yeah. talk today. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, we know there's a, a few sort of Brits that go over for a week, two weeks, stuff like that. And obviously they're saving for years to afford the flights to start with. Then you've got the hotel and then obviously trying to get the tickets. You know, we've constantly got people sort of asking us, have we got any contacts, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, but it doesn't mean you're going to get cheaper tickets, unfortunately. Right. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> Um, especially if they're trying to go over there for like a, a books game, for example, or you know, like the Knicks games, where I imagine the prices are a little bit higher. It's just, yeah, not a lot we can do. I mean, we've got uh, Team USA coming to London, um, mm-hmm. June is it June this year? Yeah, um, obviously for their, is it their, their Olympic warm up sort of thing, and yeah. even for that, the ticket prices here are just ridiculous. Um, you know, so it's, I think it's just the way of the world, unfortunately. And, um, mm-hmm. if you, if you want to go see it, you got to pay for it, which we're not going to see team USA, are we? So <laughs> <laughs> well, we got as far as booking the tickets and then realized that, you know, the prices were absolutely skyrocketing and, you know, all the cheap seats were gone like that. And so, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to fly over from Ireland as well on top of that. Cause I live in Ireland. So uh, oh, okay. yeah, it was just, it was just too, too pricey. So. We knocked that on the head. 
<laughs> now, if there was a Bulls player representing Team USA, it might have been a different story. We might have been a bit more interested then. But uh, yeah, as soon as we have no representation, yeah, I'm not that fussed. Yeah, rooting it, rooting interest goes out the door. I'm sure it right. it does. It does definitely, especially when it's going to be a LeBron led team. Just is it? I don't even know who's on team USA. Well, I'd imagine for the warm ups, LeBron won't bother turning up, but for the Olympics, <laughs> yeah. Just, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, enough talk about LeBron because <laughs> Neil can't stand him. <laughs> Same. Um, we'll get on to why we're here, and that's the Bulls. Um, obviously, just hit the halfway point of the season, um, and what we wanted to talk about with you guys is your thoughts on the first half of the season. I guess really you could maybe split that in half again, you know, from bad bulls to mm. the bulls we're seeing now, basically. So I'll go to you first, Sal. You know, what's your general sort of take on the first half of the season? Um, we definitely got some kinks to work out i'll just say that it definitely didn't start the way we expected um as you know we we expected the bulls to finish sixth overall in the east um a few months back and how the season started was absolutely abysmal you know we were looking at like is this team even going to win a game i mean yeah we got schooled by the detroit pistons who have only won three games since then so it never looks good Later on, like more currently, I would say that they they turned it around. Our shots have been falling. Looks like people are buying into the system a little better. We still have a couple of things to work out, but I, I say we're getting there. We're in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. And, and what about you, Dan? You know, what's your general take on it? Uh, the first half of the season was straight garbage. Like it was <laughs> it was a dumpster fire. Um, it was it was embarrassing. Like I almost was embarrassed to be a Bulls fan in the beginning of the season um, just because we did have them um, uh, finishing at six. Um, they are doing better now. So, yeah, I think there's definitely room for improvement. Uh, I don't think Zach will be traded um, just because there is there's no market. No one wants him. And I really hope that Zach kind of takes a step back and looks at himself like what can I do to be better as not only a player but maybe even as like a person because like he says all the right things to the media but as soon as the cameras are off I bet you I bet you he just bitches <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean what did we start was it five five and 14 to start and then we've gone somewhere like 14 that magical 14 and nine yeah. Uh, since Zach first went out with his injury, um, I mean it's been a a mishmash, hasn't it? You know, we've had to see players stepping up that ordinarily we wouldn't have done. I know you mentioned on, I think it might have been your last episode about obviously the loss of Tory Craig mm. um, and how big that has actually been. And I think we saw that in against teams like Cavs. You know, because we needed that three-point shooting. We needed that sort of hustle that, you know, just basically what Tory Craig brings. I mean, I'm a big Tory Craig fan. You know, I have been since made the signing. Um, have you been impressed with the players that have had to step up? The likes of Dale and Terry, even when we've seen Terry Taylor. Obviously, we saw Drummond getting that starting role for a little bit. 
and obviously that's without talking about Kobe White. You know, obviously, you know they've they've had to step up. Have you been impressed with how they they have done? Um, oh, for sure. Oh, Sal, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I would say the players that needed to step up, they definitely stepped up. I will say, like, you know, Kobe White obviously stepped up and emerged as as one of the best players of our team. You know, not only just a tremendous shooter, but an exceptional passer as well. I will say that there's been players that should have stepped up that I didn't particularly see them step up, but that's not necessarily their fault. It's because I don't think they were put in a position to play up to that certain level. Like for instance, Terry Taylor, you know, a lot of people don't realize that he's six foot five, you know what I mean? He's playing a small forward, but he is playing at center. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not really going to stand out. You're not going to really excel when you're, be embodied by the likes of Clint Capella and the other big men's in the league. So I don't necessarily put that all up on them, but uh, the players that should have stepped up, they have been stepping up. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe's been a borderline all-star. In fact, like I'm going to push even on your show. Cause I've been pushing on our show. <laughs> Go for it. Vote for, vote for Kobe, vote for yep. Kobe for all-star. <laughs> Um, yeah. I do think I, I think that he should be an all-star. I do think that Kobe should win most improved player of the year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just love the next man up mentality that we've had since uh, when Zach went down and then obviously Craig's down um, and Drummond. Drummond stepped up big time when yeah. Vooch went down. Yeah, so. definitely. And the, the Kobe agenda, by the way, you're not on your own. We've been pushing that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we, we've been on that. In fact, we, we did predictions at the start of the season, um, kind of crazy takes that we thought may or may not come in, into fruition as the season went on. And one of mine was that um, Kobe would be in the conversation for most improved. So a um, little flex there. <laughs> but um, it's great to actually see that, that that's actually the way it is kind of going and he may not get it. And I think with the Bulls not performing particularly well, or certainly not in the higher echelon of the teams in the East, I think he could miss out as a result of that. Um, mm. But at least he's in the conversation. And right. the fact that he's in the conversation says an awful lot about Kobe and his development through the season. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he's actually come out and said that he doesn't particularly want to be an all-star yeah. only because he enjoys the break, getting a chance to go home and spend it with family. And, it kind of takes me on to it. I don't know if you'd have seen the video that come out from the locker room last night um, where he was holding himself accountable for his performance. I think it was uh, Julia Poe that put it out on Twitter. Um, and he's basically there saying, you know, he obviously blames himself, basically. Obviously, seven turnovers, you know, he can't be doing that. And if this Bulls team is to succeed, he has got to take that lead point guard role on basically mm -hmm. and show that that is what he can be and something we spoke about uh when we were giving our player predictions at the start of the season is well I, I mentioned that i could see kobe stepping in as that leader initially to lead this sort of young core but be that sort of bridge between the young core and obviously the veterans and he seems to be doing that you know pretty pretty well so far is there anyone else on the roster that's impressed you in the first half of the season i'll go to you again sal 
I would say besides besides Drummond, like Danson, I would say we don't get to see him very much. But Julian Phillips, the man is coming in oh, and playing for sure. like a first rounder, and unfortunately yeah. for him, Billy doesn't necessarily give him the minutes that that he deserves because every minute that that man comes out onto the court, he's playing with the same intensity. I mean, what was that game? If you guys remember where he chased down a block, then yeah. he went on the other, Oh, it was against the Lakers mm-hmm. where then he mm-hmm. went, yeah. hit a, uh, I'm sorry, not the Lakers, the Sixers where he turned around yeah. and hit a three right in Embiid's face. I mean, yeah, those are those silent assassins that I wish that the bulls would spend more time developing, but for whatever reason, you know, Billy sticks to his lineup. <laughs> Yeah, Billy. Yeah. Billy is what Billy's not the greatest coach. I don't think if we ever win another championship, Billy is not going to be the coach, and this is not going to be the core. I think we all know that, though. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And um, the thing as well with Billy, though, and and this is to commend him on something because I think he was certainly uh, earning of the criticism at the start of the season. But I think he's also earned a little bit of praise as it's gone on because I think it's become more apparent that Billy is trying to make them do a certain thing and try and make them work into a system, to a certain um, team kind of ball kind of game. And when the core three are there of Zach, DeMar and Vooch or big three or just the three, whatever you want to call them, um, they don't seem to follow that system certainly not to the to the fluidity of the way they do when there is one two or all three of those out the younger core and the younger players certainly seem to play into billy's system a lot more so for for my way of looking at it then it's not necessarily the system that isn't working it's that the players aren't buying into the system fully Mm -hmm. and with them having been out and watched this younger team make the system work they're going to buy in. I think we've seen a bit of that, that they have certainly bought into it a bit more since their return. I think Zach has certainly been a little bit less uh, dominant, yeah. ball dominant. And there's been a lot less ISO DeMar outside of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Go on. Uh, I, I was just going to say, like, I, I noticed, like, as soon as, like, Zach went down the first, was it the first game where they beat who do we it? play after the was it because demar was, was missing as well wasn't he mm-hmm. they were both missing was he? well we beat anyways i i realized that they were like they're passing a lot more they're moving like faster and everything and it seemed like the younger players do buy in i think the only player that hasn't bought bought in is zach and it's because mm-hmm. zach and billy just have this disconnect and I think it was from when Billy benched him, like what, like yeah. almost the two Orlando years game. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like I don't know. I'm over Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's uh, that's where I was going to go with the next one is obviously we've had these trades, rumors, whatever you want to call them, hanging over us. Do you think it's had a positive effect or a negative effect on? The team first and foremost and then zach you know and again i'll go to you first so i mean as far as an effect on the team i don't really think it's affected the team as a whole because like you know like we've seen they have been winning i mean so whatever and not only have they been winning but 
Zach has been on the sidelines. He's been part of the, you know, the team cheering him on. He's basically acting like nothing's happening, like kind of sweeping it under the rug. So it's been a contributor to the positive end of it. As far as to Zach, I would say maybe when his return came around, he tries to play a little bit too unselfishly, try to get his trade stock up by showing teams that he can be a team player. Um, whether it be he realizes he's going to get traded and not be a first option wherever he goes. So the best thing he could do is be that team player. But as a whole, I would say it, it had minimal impact to the team, more more so for the tabloids than for the team. So, Yeah. And I know, obviously, Dan, you've just mentioned that you're kind of done with him. So I guess you yeah. think it's been, obviously, a negative effect for, for Zach, but for yeah positive. for zach but yeah positive for the team um and like i think sal i think i sent you an article today on facebook about how zach is getting frustrated with billy using him more as a three and d guy and not really showcasing all of his skills um so i think that's just going to put fuel to the fire um hopefully hopefully we find something for him because uh, yeah, I think we're just we're better off without him at this point. Because I mean, if your best player isn't going to buy into the system, then you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, actually, while we're talking about Zach, um, I was listening to your to your last pod, and um, you were talking about Zach Levine. Which one of you was saying he was a bench player? So that was me. I, I mean, yeah, that was that me. I'll take full ownership it? of it. Okay, okay. Um, right. So this is your opportunity. Okay, you've sold it to to your <laughs> listeners. Try and sell it to our listeners that Zach Levine is is just a basically a glorified bench guy. By, by the way, real quick, he ha still hasn't sold it to me. Like, okay, Zach is not a bench player. <laughs> no, in fairness, I did notice there was a lot of pushback from the other the other two people. Yeah. So. <laughs> It was, it was right. just nonsense that it's about to speak. <laughs> the floor is yours, Sal. The right. floor is yours. So it's simple, okay? Like we just said, like we've been mentioning, like the team basically has shown, we're moving more towards a younger, faster uh, dynamic, okay? Of which Zach Levine does not buy into the system, okay? And he does not run with the starters very well. Let's just face it, that first unit, Zach Levine – seems like a man separated from the pact. Now, I'm not saying he's a glorified bench player anywhere else in the league. I'm not saying that at all. On this team, with this current roster, his skills are more utilized coming off the bench to provide that quick scoring, that catch-and-shoot mentality. On the on the second unit, he can be that guy that lead, that runs with a Patrick Williams, an Andre Drummond, you know, the Tory Craigs, the Javon Carters, the, the players that are going to... I would say distribute the ball more and buy into him a little. He could be that secondary leader more or less. Okay. If Billy chooses to run with the starting lineup of Kobe white, DeMar and Vooch, I just don't think that Zach fits into that as well as people think. Okay. Um, Matt, take it away. You look like you've got lots to say. Uh, no, I was just, when I was just listening, then that was kind of, how I saw Kobe at the start mm, of the season. Um, you know, like you say, running that second unit and the whole debate at the start of the season was who gets to start, Javon Carter or Kobe White. Obviously, we've seen how that's gone and rightly so. 
because Javon Carter wouldn't start for any team in the league, let alone Bulls. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously the big sort of pushback I'd imagine on Zach being a bench player is the fact he's on forty million a year. Right. Um, you know, and Zach obviously doesn't see himself as a bench player. Zach sees himself as well, in particularly at Bulls anyway, as the number one. Mm-hmm. We saw what was happening in them couple of games where he come back at Hornets, um, coming off the bench, and you know, obviously it works. It basically says what you've just been saying. But obviously, realistically, nobody's going to play him off the bench, are they? You know, whether not yet in his career anyway, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting uh, interesting take yeah. which uh, we saw it work so <laughs> yeah you could have something yeah. we we definitely saw it work and and that was actually going to be you know i've got two sides to the argument and and one of those was going to be the exact point that you have to make in there was we actually got to see two games worth of that side of it and yeah i mean it worked now it worked against the trash hornets team that's broken <laughs> but it worked right so there is definitely an argument to how effective it could be. But then at the same time, you know, Zach Levine should be very effective off a bench in any team because he's a two-time all-star. He's an elite scorer. He's beginning to show signs of being interested in playing a bit of defense. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly going to be putting him forward for all defense or anything like that, but he's at least trying. <laughs> um, and, and, I think that the minute you turn around to a player like Zach Levine, who has, as we know, a bit of an ego, you are going to come off the bench because we think you leading the second unit is going to be more effective for this team. You've lost him completely. He's not going to step on that floor and pass the ball or be the same player that you would expect him to be coming off the bench. So instantly you're going to make it null and void because he wouldn't buy into that. And, that's that's not saying that that it wouldn't be effective if you would buy into it because yeah it would but you're not going to get zach levine at 40 million coming off the bench and being a happy man he he'll he'll go back into his little petulant child type motion and you lose you lose him completely oh sure sure i'm not more or less saying that he would take it well i'm just saying that on on any other team (laughs) taking salary out of account because let me let's just Put it this way you're making 43 million dollars a year you're starting okay yeah mm-hmm. we've invested in it but i still think the bulls made a huge mistake giving him that big a contract that's all uh, i mean i don't we think didn't... he i don't think he makes that salary on any other team except no. the bulls because he was a player that shone on a team that was let's just say it mediocre you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. when you have that yeah. one player that excels you're going to stand out but when that one player standing out amongst mediocre players he's going to shine that much better yeah right yeah that makes sense and you know i'm only playing devil's advocate of course but um i do do think that at that time when we were signing zach the bulls were kind of in a corner they would put themselves in the corner they kind of had no choice but to do it and if they hadn't given him the contract that they'd you know almost publicly promised him it would have been quite damaging for the reputation that was only just beginning to recover around the league anyway. And it's for that reason that I said that 
The Bulls should have traded him last year. Mm -hmm. He had the expiring contract. He was at the peak of his talents. I'll just say he had the best season he's ever had as a Chicago Bull. And now they sign him to this huge contract. He's not playing to the way that they want him to play. And now we're, I don't want to say stuck with him, but that contract of his is making it that much harder to get rid of him. I mean, I think that's one of the main reasons that the market so dry is no one wants that contract. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, that, and, and, and also you're not getting a return on that kind of a contract from him. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and before we move on to our hopes and expectations for the second half of the season, another player who certainly at the minute is very uh, topical amongst Bulls Nation, should we say, Nikola Vucevic. You know, what's your opinions on him and obviously the deal that he was given and, you know, there's a lot going around at the minute that he shouldn't be starting. Drummond should get the start, you know, you should trade Vooch and all that sort of stuff, you know. So, you know, what's your your opinions on Vooch? Vooch, main? Vooch, main? Look, <laughs> here's the thing. I love Vooch, main. I do. Vooch is, he's, he's my son's favorite player, okay? But I, I think that Vooch is a tremendous player. I just think that father time is kind of knocking on his door. Um, if you noticed last season, he played all 82 games, almost had a double-double in almost every single game. I mean, I think he was second in the league in double-doubles, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Now it seems like he's letting people body him down low. He's not really crashing the defensive or offensive boards like he should be. Um, that little push shot that he has hasn't really been hitting him with consistency. His three-point percentage, I think, dropped. He was shooting 33 last year, and now it's in the 20s. I mean, it's just father time catching up. I do think that the contract he got, though, was well and deserving because if you looked at the market last year or this year, rather, when we signed him, who would you have gotten as a better replacement starting caliber-wise? You know, if you guys could think of any names of of big centers that could slide into an automatic starting position – to fit the direction our team is going for, you know what I mean? They weren't going to come cheap. No, no. Uh, The only player that we were kind of looking at at that time and like that, you know, you're talking about the the cost uh, was Jakob Pertl. Um, But, um, you know, obviously that didn't transpire anyway. But uh, we're not not anti-Vooch, but we are Mm -hmm. certainly very frustrated (laughs) (laughs) with Vooch. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But like that again, same as the Zach contract, the Bulls were backed into a corner again with Vooch. There was there was no market for him and no market out there to get anything better if you let him walk. So they'd no choice but to sign him again. Yeah, and Dan, what you know? What's your sort of take on Vooch? Um, yeah, like Sal said, I think Father Time is catching up with him. Um, lately, he's reminding me of Pau Gasol when Pau was on the Bulls. Just like, I don't want to say like a shell of himself, but he's he's getting there. Like next season, he'll probably be a shell of himself. Mm. Just, I don't want to say garbage, but like borderline garbage. But Powell Gasol so, was an uh, all-star with the Bulls, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, I mean, Powell was amazing. Powell still is amazing. Powell is one of my favorite players in in the NBA. But, I mean, I'm just seeing like, every single play isn't what I'm expecting from Vooch. 
Right. Because at, at one point you could argue, like when, when Vooch was on the Magic, you could argue that he was one of the best centers in the East easily. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's, uh, he's still one of the best, but I mean, there's only like four good centers in the NBA right, on the yeah. East anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, he's the last good big man in the East. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, apart from triggering uh, Gary, who's in our chat with the Pau Gasol talk there, he yeah. can't stand Pau Gasol, by the way. But bow, anyway, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, obviously last night we saw obviously Vooch and Drummond on the court at the same time. Mm. It's not something that we'll probably see much moving forward. But did you find in that it was basically when... Drummond come back on the court. That's when things happen. Vooch just kind of went a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if he, if he can go more passive, he went <laughs> passive, and he was just basically out there as another body. Whereas it was Drummond that was grabbing the boards. It was Drummond that was getting the points, and then Drummond sat before Vooch, and that was it. We just lost mm-hmm. it again, and mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's obviously credit to Drummond, you know, because he's mm-hmm. he's basically staying ready as much as Drummond can and just causes chaos and you know we we coined the, the the hashtag embrace the chaos when he's on the court because it's entertaining to say the least but you know would you start Drummond over Vooch or is that not oh, in your, we actually, your head well go ahead, we actually yeah. talked we actually talked about this on uh the last episode we recorded it's not out yet yeah um but no I would still start Vooch just because Vooch still has that passing ability. Like his court vision is better. Um, he might not be as aggressive as Drummond, but he's like skill wise. I still think he's more skillful than Drummond because Drummond will just be around the basket and get the board. That's, that's mm-hmm. his job. He knows his role. He, he dominates in his role. Meanwhile, Vooch can add more um, versatility. To the yeah. game yeah i agree yeah that i mean that was kind of like what we said when vooch come back from his injury is that you know vooch gets the starting role just because it does offer that little bit more but it doesn't mean we have to see drummond drop back down to right 13 minutes you know you can give drummond 20 minutes a night and he he will outstat vooch oh, if, yeah. if he's on if he's on it basically um you know because vooch like you said, he gets the double doubles, but to seem quite lazy, double doubles, his rebounds definitely. Anyway, the points, you know, you get you've got to work to get the points. Put it that way, but his rebounds is just basically seems to be got it, and that's it. Yeah. Or the little volleyball tap away, which just yeah. infuriating because it's just like you're there, just crap. You know, yeah. we've been through it, yeah. been through it with P. Will. You know, having to get him to grab boards do you know what i mean it's you know because he, he was doing the same he was going up and it's just like you're there just grab the ball you know right at least that's what drummond does you know if mm. drummond's got the ball very unlikely you're getting the ball off him mm. unless he tries to dribble it and then you know just <laughs> chaos ensues uh yeah um i don't know have you got anything on the, the last half neil before we move on to the next half uh 
No, just you, I guess you just brought up a certain player that tends to uh, land into my um, tweets quite a bit, which is Patrick Williams. Um, yeah, I don't know how you guys feel about P. Will. Um, I'll give you a second to talk about him in a second, but um, I'm a big advocate for Patrick Williams. Um, I still think there's so much more that he needs to improve on. But if he can, and it's all in his head, as we know, we've that everybody's talked about that in the wider Bulls Nation, that it's it's not the physical aspects of P. Will, it's the mental aspects of P. Will. I think the the first half of this season, particularly the back end of the first half of this season, when the core three were down, Patrick Williams has really shown that he's beginning to get that bit more aggressive. And w- what I'm afraid of is now that things have kind of come back to being almost complete, that he's already beginning to show more passive pill, and that's that's my concern. Uh, passive P will, and that's my um, that's my concern. What do you think about P will, Dan? Um, again, it's funny because we talked about this on our unreleased episode. <laughs> um, that I also noticed that since Zach came back, uh, Pat's been more passive, and when Zach's down, um, he's the Patrick Williams that I always thought he could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's all mental. I don't physically like look at the look at the kid. You can't tell yeah. me it's a physical problem with that kid. Are you kidding me? It's definitely mental. Um, he just needs to be a little bit more aggressive out there on the court. Like he knows what he's capable of doing. The team knows what he's capable of doing. We know what he's capable of doing. Just mm-hmm. just do it. Right. Nike. <laughs> <laughs> Sal, what do you think of him? I know I give him a lot of flack on our show, but deep down, and not even that much that deep down, I am a, a big fan of Patrick Williams. I do think that it's going to hurt to say this, it's going to hurt to hear this, but I do think Chicago Bulls organization and fans are trying to make a golden egg out of just a regular egg. I do think that Patrick Williams is a tremendous athlete. He's very athletic. But I just think that's who he is. He's going to be the guy to be play lockdown defense, grab the occasional board, hit the outside shot, slash to the lane, get a couple buckets, basically get you 10 points a game. The only mm-hmm. stigma behind that is the fact that we drafted him fourth overall. I think if we have drafted him anywhere outside a lottery, this guy would have been a stupendous pickup. But because right. when you're drafted fourth overall, your expectations are higher it kind of takes you a step back a little bit. Now, what have I, I've noticed from last year to this year is a player that has, I don't want to say fallen victim to not feeling good enough because I noticed when he is on the court with Zach and DeMar, he kind of takes a back seat and doesn't even shoot the ball. He's passing up wide open looks for fear of either missing the shot or to get, I don't know, scolded at by Billy for not passing it to one of them. It's in his head, a mental thing, like you mm-hmm. guys said. Um However, I do know when they're sitting on the bench, he shines. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Face the facts is he can get you 15 points a game, but he's not going to. He'll get you seven, eight points, six or seven rebounds, and a few assists. Okay. And that's a win in my book. Yeah. Yeah. Once once we see one or two sexy rainbow threes, I'm happy. <laughs> but um, I do I do just wish that he would change whatever brand of hand cream is that he's using (laughs) because the guy can't see it. Like he has hands like shovels and yet he can't seem to hang on to the ball. Um, Whether it's catching a fast pass, dribbling the ball or going up for a one-handed jam because, well, when he gets the one-handed dunks, they are amazing to watch, 
but more often than not, he seems to slam them off the back of the rim. Um, whereas if he goes up two-handed, you know, he'll flush it pretty much every mm. time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about it for, I suppose, the spot, this, the first half of the season. So we can move on now to uh, how we feel about um, what's coming up, I guess, in the back half uh, in the next, what is it, what's left, 40 games? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to have trade deadline, all-star break, buyout, all that, you know, the usual exciting, what, four weeks that we get at that sort of time. Obviously, before we get into what your expectations are for Bulls for the remainder of the season, do you see any moves being made? Do you want to see any moves get made? You know, whether it's trade, buyout, whatever. You know, and again, Sal, I'll go to you first. Um, do I see trades being made? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the trade that Bulls fans are expecting to see. I don't see Zach Levine being traded this year. If we make a move, it'll be a role player and acquiring another role player. If I'm the Bulls right now, I'll tell you what, the one thing I'm doing is trying to get a big man because we are lacking in big man 100%. Because in another team, not to segue, you could run Vooch and Drummond together and run the two big men front. But the problem with this team is your backup big men is a six foot five guy in Terry Taylor. So the only trade I would do would be to try to get a bigger player. Um, I mean, Bismack Biombo's out there. I mean, just a thought, maybe going nah, after him. Pass. Pass. Can, well, I mean, he's a body, though. The problem is you need people that can take up minutes because I'm going to use this opportunity to shout out my my guy, Adama Sinogo. He yes. came in, stepped up, and played phenomenal minutes, and the Bulls are not even batting an eye to him. If you right. see what he's doing in the G League, the other day he had a 32.17 rebound game. He's yeah. averaging almost two blocks a game. Why is he wasting away in the G League? Um, Preach into the choir. Yeah. yeah. So if I had to, yeah. to say one thing that I would change for the second half of the season, besides just weather the storm, I mean, let's just face it, we're not taking home any hardware this year or next year for that matter, but just get a get a consistent lineup going and know your no have players learn their role a little better. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And yeah. just for, I was going to say, just before I go on to Dan, you know, obviously I put the tweet out before about Sonogo, his last three games mm-hmm. down for Windy City and obviously what he's done for the course of the season. And like I say, you're preaching to the choir because I, I watched the game last night and he hit the, the game winning uh, free throw. You know, which is something that I've kind of compared him a little bit to Drummond, but he seems a bit more composed, composed. than Drummond. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah, it is the G League. And I've heard people say, well, look at what Marco was doing down in the G League. But then, and I don't think that's on Marco. I think that's more on Billy, to be honest. Like you say, you know, if you don't give them a chance, you're never mm-hmm. going to know what they can do. And mm-hmm. if, We'd have had Sonogo last night. You had somebody else there that could just come on the floor for maybe two, three minutes to give Drummond that rest or give Vooch that rest and still run two six foot ten plus guys. Do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. can grab boards and do whatever they need to do. So, yeah, definitely preaching to the choir on that one. Um, yeah, anyway, Dan, uh, back to you on the, the do you see uh, a trade uh, happening? Do you want to see a trade happen? 
I would love to see a trade happen. Um, do I think one's going to happen though? I mean, you got to remember this is Chicago Bulls. We don't really make moves. Like I was thinking about it today and I would not be shocked at all if we stand pat at the deadline and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think obviously this team does need to, to switch it up. Um, I don't know if it's a full rebuild or retooling, but something needs to change. And I think all of it's going to happen in the off season. I think this off season we see AK and Mark Eversley, um look at the roster, make drastic changes to it. And if I was them, I would build around Kobe and Pat. Yeah. All right. So hashtag continuity then. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cohesion now. Yeah. Oh, cohesion. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, it's less of a trigger word, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a dirty word. So, I mean, I've asked Neil the question before on on our pod. You know what? What would you see as a how the season's gone so far? What would you see as a successful season for this this Bulls team as it is at the minute? Um, you know, obviously, you said that you saw them being a, a six seed. I'm assuming that's maybe slipped slightly. Uh, and, no. Uh, no, I I still think that they can, even with this current core that they have, I still think if they buy into the system, mainly Zach, then um, we can get, we can finish six. Like right now we're what, ninth still? Mm-hmm. So there's no, yeah. like, there's no reason. Then that, that happened when we started buying into Billy's system. So if you continue buying into Billy's system, making the right pass, just being smart with the ball, you should be able to, jump up to at least six. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And what about you, Sal? Are you uh, still riding the, the six train or? Oh, easily. Yeah. I think this team as it stands is way too talented, not to be a six seed. The problem is like Dan said, like we've been preaching is, content the people not buying into the system i think all it takes is zach levine and all these guys to be like all right listen this is the team let's at least make the most of it while we're here as long as you guys are wearing a chicago bulls jersey let's play chicago bulls basketball and that's why again like i said on the unreleased episode um let's sit down with zach and say hey maybe this isn't the role you wanted but let's let's all try to make the push we're all working towards the same goal and that's to make a playoff appearance and in some case a championship run, but not on this team. Yeah. Um, but I think this team is talented enough to get a six seed easily. If you look at the East, all those games are decided by not many games. I mean, everyone's sitting at right around the same record. I think a couple wins and a couple, you know, go on a couple streaks. We're right into that six seed easily. We we also have the easiest schedule for the NBA for the second half. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Again, there we should be able to get that sixth spot. Yeah. Plus, yeah. we've also played the most games. Um, I think is it us and Houston have played the most games in the NBA right now. Yep. So yep. I mean, we we do a bit of an extended break at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and we need that as well. That extended break, oh, though. Sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. God, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just it's, remember, uh, everything trade everything changes after a trade deadline and waiver wire and free agency. It, it's going to be a long season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, kind of feels like it's it's only just starting. 
for balls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a way, you know. And like you, you're saying, obviously, you think they were going to get the sixth seed. It kind of needs teams to fall off for that to happen. And at the minute, it looks like Magic uh, slipping a little bit. Obviously, Pacers have just lost Halliburton and yet don't seem to be losing games, which, mm. you know, fair play to them. Um, Nick's obviously just done that trade to get uh, OG Ananobi. Seems to have worked well for them. So it's kind of it's difficult to see which team, apart from Magic, is going to drop that Bulls can actually catch. Because obviously we've seen we can't beat Cavs. On, well, one-on-one on one anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yet. But like I said, there's probably going to be a lot of other teams that make moves before Bulls do or instead mm. of Bulls making them. Mm. And that can go either way. You know, yeah. you, you know, some teams are going to win trades, some teams are going to lose trades. And I I don't think there's going to be that much movement above Bulls now that Knicks have made their move. Possibly Cleveland start, you know, obviously Mitchell's in sort of talks again in Ian Garland. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the teams below, obviously Hawks are shopping uh, DeJounte Murray. You know, so there could be a team that pushes from below Bulls as well, maybe. You know, and we've both said sort of playing is probably going to be seen as a successful. Yeah, get my words out. Try again. Su- <laughs> we can wait. Seen, <laughs> seen <laughs> as a successful season um, from how we started, anyway. You know, that's not where we wanted them to be. We, I think we picked them as a six seed as well, didn't we? Yeah. Um, at the start of the season. But when you look at what we've been through with all the injuries and still kind of going through the injuries at the minute, mm. the whole Zach thing, you know, we've said we don't want to see the likes of Kobe and P. Will become losing players. We don't want them to have that mentality. We want them to be pushing for every win. So, like, all these fans that are saying they want to see us tank, this Bulls team is never going to tank because no. the two, one, the two good. And two, you don't want your players to get into that that losing mentality, that losing mindset. So, yeah, for, from our point of view, we kind of said playing will be the success. Anything better than that? Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All really. right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. As long as we're in the play-in, yeah, that's, that'll be fine. Yeah, we're not going to make it very far, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 82 games isn't enough. We want more. Yeah, <laughs> well, we got 84 last game last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is true. Just this remember, true. our entire core is built around the fact that we, the we Miami almost Heat, beat the Heat. Yeah, and they made it to the final. So <laughs> get out of here. That 14 and nine at the end of the season yeah. with Pat Bev. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't 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 get me started on Pat Bev. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I think I think what we can take away from it is basically and and we we're, we're pretty much the same. There is a certain level of hope now for this team that was gone. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt, but from the start of the season and the way we started this season, the, the big conversation that was going around was that this Bulls team weren't even going to qualify for the plans or even come close to qualifying for the plans. Now, you know, all of a sudden we're finding ourselves sitting, what, two or three games at, at ninth position. 
and we are in the playing conversation with a good chance, like you say, we've got a good schedule of climbing the ranks at least a small bit. Um, let's hope they do, as you say, and get up into the actual playoffs so we don't have to endure the play in as well. <laughs> sure. Although I would yeah. like to hear DR, uh, DR DeRozan scream in to help us win at least one more time this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. That that, yeah. that girl needs to be given some sort of a contract that she's uh, <laughs> yeah. she's able to sit sideline and scream our lungs out every time, especially when she's playing the Raptors. Yeah, oh, so, give, give her a statue next to Mike in the atrium. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So we've there got Raptors go. next up, haven't we? So we you do. never know if uh, she, might appearance. she might get a snow day at school or something. And, <laughs> and <get up>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess we've we've kind of come to the end of uh, of what we expect to see. Uh, we're all hoping that we get somewhere a little bit higher than where we are right now. Um, Thanks very much for joining us, Sal and Dan. And uh, for anyone that hasn't checked them out on the Horns Over Hoops podcast, definitely go and check them out. Find them, look them up, um, follow them on Twitter. You guys are on Twitter as well. Yeah. Um, so if you'd like to explain to everybody where they can find you and uh, where they can follow you. All right. So at uh, Apple Podcasts, any po- anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can find us. Just look up the Horns Over Hoops podcast. We are on Twitter slash X at the horns or horns over hoops. And basically we have a link tree attached to every one of our podcasts that takes us right to our socials. Um, yeah, we're, we're, or YouTube, we have a YouTube channel as well. Brilliant. So, uh, go check them out. And, uh, thanks once again, guys, for joining us. It's always uh, nice to have other people to talk to rather than just Matt. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) we'll tune in, uh, to, to the show and, and we'll keep in touch. Yeah, fellas, thank you for having us. We appreciate it. We've been uh, we've been looking forward to this for a while now. Let's do this again on our cast. What do you say? Yeah, 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 sounds good. All right, all right, all right. Good night. Cheers. Bye, guys. So, welcome back to just me and Neil. Um, You know, obviously, thanks to Dan and Sal for joining us. And as we said, go check them out. You know, they put some good episodes out. and hey, they just like us. Enjoy talking about bulls. So what's what's not like to like? Uh, what's not to like? Easy for me to say. So yeah, yeah um, <laughs> we're gonna finish how we normally do with some predictions and a quick shout out to Chicago Bulls themselves, who mm-hmm. turn well on the day of recording, uh, fifty eight, yeah, January the sixteenth, nineteen sixty six was the day that our beloved Chicago Bulls were formed. So, happy birthday, Chicago Bulls. And uh, let's hope we can uh, go back to our youth and get some rings. <laughs> yeah, be nice. Uh, yeah, uh, predictions. Um, obviously, chances are our next recording will be next Tuesday. We've got three games between now and then. Uh, first up is a trip to Toronto to face the Toronto Raptors with newly acquired RJ Barrett. Uh, yes. I don't know where they are in the standings of the 12th, maybe, something like that. I think mm-hmm. last time I looked, as I've always said, I hate playing Raptors. Um, might be a little bit different now. Uh, could be a little bit more different when Spicy P ends up leaving. Um you know, uh, I've always said nothing against Raptors, don't mind them as an organisation, all that sort of stuff. 
I just hate playing them because mm -hmm. balls just don't seem to match up with them. So yeah, what's your your thoughts on that one? Yeah, and I, I know this is always something that comes up every time we're playing them is uh, how much you uh, you worry about playing them, and and they do always provide an awful lot of difficulty for us in regards to their length and the way that they play. But it's not quite the same team as it was before, and they don't have quite the same makeup as they did previously. So um, I think I'm going to go for a win. Yeah, I'll join you. We know we want to get back in that win column, don't we? And we do. It's not a must-win game, but it's getting that way if we want to create that little bit of distance and have yeah. that successful season of finishing in the playing that we keep mentioning, <laughs> as we mentioned before. Um, and then on, I believe it's Saturday, um, Sunday morning for us, we will be taking on, well, back at the UC to take on some kind of Memphis Grizzlies team. God knows how many players are going to turn up to that one and who they're going to be. But... <laughs> they, are, they are a mess right now through no fault of their own. Only, and they're just absolutely riddled all the way through with injury. Yeah. And they still beat Golden State last night. Yeah, but which... anybody can beat Golden State, right? Apart from us. For three quarters, <laughs> yeah. Or two quarters, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... If there's ever a trap game, this is going to be one because we're going to yeah. be facing Grizzlies G League team. Uh, coincidentally, just uh, signed Scotty Pippen Jr. to a two-way tonight. I saw that, actually. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. Is Pippen going to be back at the UC? No. Well, Junior might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you've got to go win for this. Yes, but yeah, a, yeah. it's going to be a difficult win. It's probably going to be a difficult watch, you know. So, yeah, two two dubs from them, two for me. And then next week we start the West Coast trip with a first off with a trip to Phoenix to face the Suns. I believe it's a two a.m. tip on Tuesday morning for us. Wonderful! I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> And the fact we're going to face the Suns as well makes it even more yeah. exciting. Not big three, you know, over there or two and a half. And now you see Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, you know, we've already lost to him this season, I think. Yes. We? Yeah. Quite a did. close game. It was. It. it was a close game. Yeah. I can't um, remember the score, but it, it, it was close enough anyway. Yeah, I can't even remember if it was during the bad bulls or the good bulls that we've seen. I think it was more the bad I bulls. Think it was bad bulls. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say L for that one. I'm going to lose it. Yeah, I was going to say a, a loss as well. Um, but just purely to be controversial, I'm going to say a win. Um, even though deep down, I don't know if I feel that way. And I think I mentioned this the last time we were playing Phoenix as well. Um, my well, one of my fellow coaches um, from my All Stars team, as we as we call them, the uh, Open to Everybody team. Um, Claire is a Suns fan. I know she listens to the podcast, so Claire, I'm sticking with a, a dub just so uh, I can give you a bit of stick if we do take the win. <laughs> Every cloud. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, um, I've got nothing else. Um, I'm assuming you don't. 
as nope. it's uh, getting very very late. Just just for a change. Yeah, for I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah, so do I. Uh, so yeah, like I say, chances are back next Tuesday now. Um, and once again, thanks to Dan and Sal for joining us. Do go check them out. Give them a bit of support. You know, follow them yeah. on all the socials and stuff like that. You know, you never know what could come from stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, as always, I've been Matt, and thanks for listening. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK, and you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And you'll find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK. On behalf of both Matt and myself and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. Please do subscribe, rate and review and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. It helps us to keep providing you with the content. And from us both, do remember, it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever in the world you are supporting this team. Until next time, see red people and go Bulls.